0: Hey, 4Play listeners, you can find us every Tuesday and Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Foreplay brought to you by the greatest media company in the world, Barstool Sports. And we are presented as always by our lovely title sponsor. The High Noon El Prez Pack is here featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Seltzer flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, and all new flavor, Tangerine, all made with real vodka, real juice. This 12-pack is only here for a limited time, so get it while you can. Just look for the pack with my face on it. You can even scan the QR code in the pack and have me virtually join your party. Visit highnoonspirits.com to find the El Prez pack nearest you. We have a very big show today. It's myself, Frankie, and Trent. there in studio. I'm in Scottsdale for the first time since July 2nd. It feels very good. And we have NHL Phenom from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Uh, Trevor Ziegris on the show, who sat down in studio with Frankie and Trent and talked to, apparently about an arsenal of things. But, gentlemen, how are you? Frankie, you're still blending in with the screen behind you, by the way. I am uh,
2: just a green uh, green machine is what I am right now. i got a green <laughs> screen behind me.
1: Wearing a green quarter zip. But we are being told by producer Jake that the one that we're looking at and the one that Riggs is seeing is not the one that's going to be the final product, but... You do look very um, saturated.
2: Is that saturated. like a green a
0: screen thousand. effect? Is that a green screen effect thing? Is it, that what that comes It's a little bit, from? but you
2: know what? It's not going to stop me or deter me from wearing this Peter Millar quarter zip ever again because it's a great <laughs> quarter zip. One of the best quarter zips that we sell on the Barstool Sports Store, if it's even available still, to be Were honest. Were you
0: inspired to wear that today by the two guys that wore the same color polo yesterday at the Classic? Uh, maybe
2: subconsciously, Yes. I mean, I don't know that I really thought about it that way, but maybe I saw them and was like, oh, boy, that's a great color.
0: They were popping. They really that, were. Uh, yeah. yeah,
1: we had uh, Trevor Zegers. I think that's the first interview, first official interview that you and I have ever done together, just the two of us, because we had Brian Baumgartner hop into a Zoom early, and that was a torture <laughs> chamber for him. And then today we actually just interviewed a guy normally, and it went really well. Yeah,
2: Trevor Zegers, um, like you said, uh, Anaheim Ducks. He's also Vinny Letary's. Um, buddy because he is a teammate with him who Vinny Letary was out with us in Minnesota at the Barstow Classic yesterday I've been I golfed with him three times in three days over the last three days so um, was able to get some nice information about Zgris or Z as he likes to call him and basically he warned me like this kid's 20 years old and he like owns the room and like is very not cocky but very confident in like spitting out like like, whether it's, like, um, like he likes to chirp you or he just likes to laugh and, like, make jokes. Like, yeah. usually 20-year-olds are very reserved, especially brand new into like a new job like this guy's like just entering the nhl he was the world juniors mvp during a fantastic win over canada in canada for the united states in world juniors so you know during olympic times everyone's playing for their country this guy is a olympic is a world junior legend he had 18 points in the world juniors tournament um so i mean the guy will go down in history as like one of the best performers in that championship um, he's really, confident.
1: He's but he like not in a bad way. He's just he definitely owns a room, but he's a super nice guy. And he'll
2: be a really really good player in this league because he's crazy skilled. Like Vinny was telling me, this guy's hands are like he's playing in the A, he's like up and down, he's playing with the Ducks and he's also playing with this I guess the Gulls, the C, the 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 San Diego Gulls, maybe, is the name, um, the affiliate. But he's like, he's too good for that league. Like he <laughs> he goes out there and like tries to do like lacrosse goals and all these crazy things. Like he's just having fun out there until he gets the shot to go back onto the Ducks, and then it's like go time. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. 20, somebody who's twenty years old is so incredibly young, and you forget, like you said, that. Um, that person has elevated to a status that's already more impressive than anywhere will ever be, and they're 20 years old. They are the same age as someone who is what, like a sophomore in college, which when you're a sophomore or so in college, you are clueless. You are walking around like you're you're like one of those bears still who comes out of hibernation, and there's a high percentage chance you just die and you don't make it because you're 20 years old. You're not even a human yet. This person, I'm very upset that I missed it because those people that are that young. I mean, I'm 34. The guys, I'm almost twice as old as this fucking guy, yeah. and he's just a stud playing hockey. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm very excited to hear this. I heard too that you guys delved into some of your. Favorite individual interest the New York Islanders and Borelli's restaurant, and then The Bachelor. Well, the main, like, the best parts of that may not even be on this recording
2: because every time we ended, I'd be like, <laughs> all right. You know we realized like we had you know the, the interview had run its course and we we're about to end it and i'd say all right thanks trevor thanks for coming in like best of luck with everything we'd hit stop record i'd get up i'd dap him up i'd pop the shit out of the dap too by the way i'm on a fucking crazy streak with the pop yeah, you are. we did a video with the with the guys yesterday at the barso classic and i went four for four and i kept looking back at the camera before each one calling my shot that i was gonna pop
1: you also had it going on with tyler at forest dunes crazy you guys would pop popping
2: like crazy right now um every time we would hit the pop we'd We'd, we'd dap up and then he as he's walking out he'd be like he'd be the most animated he was the whole interview and be like frankie i gotta tell you what happened at borelli's was freaking awesome man the islanders the fans i'm like all right now sit down for a second let's try and talk about that so then we'd get it going again we finished that little segment we go thank you again trevor thanks for everything uh we'll see you soon best of luck we hit end record and then he goes Thanks, boys. I'm out of here. By the way, Trent, I freaking love you on The Bachelorette stuff. The Bachelor recaps. He goes, the guys at BU, we used to watch that shit like crazy. We'd all watch it. We'd have a viewing party for The Bachelorette. We're like, sit down and tell that on the podcast. <laughs> so it's very funny. I don't know how. I guess Jake's going to have to edit it in where, I mean, there's just a couple stops and then we're just talking again. So it gets a little choppy at the end. But, man, what a guy. What, what a character.
1: Great guy. Yeah.
0: Stud up and comer uh, in the NHL, so I'm excited to hear that, gentlemen. Um, Well done. Glad you guys survived that, and you know you popped your little cherry. Frankie, we had like a goodbye dap as well when we left, and you are on a hot streak because you pop. I'm known to like thud um, occasionally. I just miss, so yeah. You just you kind of we caught fire. I guess it's just you that's uh, heating up right now. Big news in the Barstool Sports world: the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Is now a thing. We Barstool own all of the broadcasting rights, um, and it was mentioned in the announcement, the press conference from Dave Portnoy, our fearless leader, that uh, you know there's interest in a Barstool Classic type golf event around it. Um, I was talking with Erica about this last week, but so you know, folks have been reaching out a lot, courses have been reaching out a lot. It is New Year's Eve, December 31st, 2021, when the Arizona Bowl by Barstool Sports uh, will take place. In Tucson, Arizona, which is only a couple hours from where I live, and we will be doing some version of the golf tournament. Now there's a lot of different ideas that have been spinning around in my brain about how to do it. Is it part of the Barstool Classic? Is it its own thing? Probably gonna be its own thing. Do we do like celebrities? Do we do the common golfer? Do we do a mix? Do we do I, I imagine we'll do like a one day event with a shootout at the end so that everything kind of funnels towards one grand ending and we get a champion from that day? Um, but very cool that we have our own fucking bowl game at Barstool Sports and very cool that we're going to do a golf outing somehow tied to the entire thing.
1: I just love this place. That's what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> it's, this is
1: just its amazing. And it's going to be like completely Barstool because we're just in control of everything. We're in, in control of the broadcast, the national anthem, the halftime show. So we're just able to do the Barstool thing and we're going to do it with our own bowl game. I know Dave has been... Talking about ideas how they're going to have Big Cat parachuting in to sing the national anthem, <laughs> and having Frank the Tank be the coin toss guy, but have it be hot dogs. Like the fact that we have complete control of it as a company, it's just going to be one of the most must-watch things that's ever put on the internet. And I'm just, I'm just very excited for it to happen, and the golf thing around it that will be as cool as well.
2: Yeah, Barstool Sports is a place where like fantasy becomes reality and it's a, it's like all walks of life, whatever you cover wh- whether it's golf, hockey, baseball, football, no matter what, somehow some way when you have an idea, you can make it happen and Dave Portnoy is a man of ideas. He has been doing this damn thing for 20 years now and he never misses and it's always like he is one step ahead of everyone else. When, when CBS we, – we ended up taking it away from CBS, and now we have it, and it's just going to be a thousand times better than any bowl that you'll ever watch. You turn on the bowl on New Year's Eve. It's just a football game. They have these generic announcers, these analysts. They talk about these. Now we have, like, Maction and what's the other one? The Mountain, Mountain West. Mountain West and these teams that are just so barstool country. And like you said, like, Frank the Tank possibly being blindfolded at the 50-yard line and choosing which <laughs> hot dog he likes the best that team gets the ball first that's just like i don't i don't know how another company can even come up with those ideas or even better yet execute them Um, Barcel is the only place on the planet that has a person like dave and erica that are willing to take risks and do things and put their money where their mouth is and and give an experience like That is going to be an experience for people, right? It's going to be something new. Like, even when the match came out, we're like, oh, this is, like, a cool thing that we get to see guys with AirPods in playing golf, um, like pros, like Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson. Like, that's, like, a cool experience. Now we get to do that on our our own. We're giving fans of sport something different. There's a billion bowl games on. Barstool's is just going to be different, which is really cool, I think.
1: Yes. And – it will change the way that bowl games are presented. Like, I know there's there's going to be critics who are like, oh, what are they going to do with it? That's like a circus. And this place is a circus, but the way it's going to be presented, like you're saying, the way fans are going to be able to experience it differently, it's going to be a whole different thing. And they're not just going to put, you know, it's going to be a football game, but there's going to be so much around it that people will look at that and be like, oh, that's a good way to do it. And it's just, Barstool's always, and you know Dave is always on the forefront of those things and here we are again yeah, the
2: classic is uh, the the golf tournament will be um a part of it and then like Pup Punk's going to be a part of it like i'm going to have to play in a concert at some point like i'm sure they're going to get some sort of real talent when it comes to like concerts also it's going to be a whole weekend thing it's it's going to be our version of like the super bowl which is which is outrageous you got to get those
1: bows fixed
2: i got to get these elbows fixed man when Dave came over to my desk today he's like you know Pup Punk's going to probably be a little bit a part of this cuz i mentioned he mentioned it in his press conference i looked at Robbie Fox and I'm like boy i like how how quickly can you recover from double elbow and and shoulder surgery? Is it is it four weeks? Is it eight weeks? Does I don't it, know, but it's. I feel like it's at least six <laughs> six to <eight> months, <laughs> six to eight months. So no, we're gonna have to hit the physical therapy bed hard.
0: Uh, no offense to Trent with this comment, but sports are the greatest reality show known to humanity. It's one of the only things that we ever watch where. You do not know, and nobody knows, the outcome, no matter what. There's nobody pulling the strings. It's just two teams or two individuals, depending on the sport, or maybe 156 individuals, If we're talking about golf, who prep their asses off, spend their whole lives working towards something, show up, and then in that arena, they are going to battle for a title, for a victory, and no one knows what that outcome is going to be. That's why it's so enthralling. That's why it's inspiring. You're getting it right now with the Olympics sports. You even know. Watch. I'm watching people fucking canoe down white like rivers last night, going through hoops, and I'm like, this is a thing that this person's been doing their whole life, and they don't know what's going to happen. Um, how cool is that? And then when you see the finish, you see, um, Jacoby, Lydia Jacoby, uh, up in in Alaska, and the 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 whole state of Alaska going crazy sports are just the greatest reality TV entertainment thing that exists in the world. And Barstool now is going to own one of them on new year's Eve that people bet on go crazy for that. We get to completely run the broadcasting and presenting operation of it. And yes, that opens the door for Barstool and live sports all over the place. We've done you know 40 plus barstool golf barstool classic events um which are just for you know the average golfer we've done the let them play um for college women's golfers where you know they went crazy; they were crying at the end of it what happened in that arena on that golf course mattered so much to them um and do we when we see you know the tiger versus phil matches do we want to get into like the match broadcasting game in golf? Of course we do. We've been talking about that. Do we someday want to get into broadcasting some version of college golf, uh, professional golf, do it our own way? Of course we do. And this is a baby step for Barstool Sports towards that. Football is obviously huge. So the fact that we're kind of starting there um, is massive. And it might take... Uh, A year, it might take 10 years, who knows, but it's very cool to work at a place where these types of things are possible. And when Dave makes an announcement like that, and you realize that him and Erica and countless of other folks have been working that hard behind the scenes to get something like this on the books, it inspires like creativity. It makes you think about the possibilities. It sends a very positive like ripple through the entire company of like, we could do anything that we want. Somehow, someway, we landed a job at a place where we can do whatever we want and that this place will support it um, with now funds, an army of followers, hundreds of extremely talented and hardworking employees. Um, so, yeah, it opens the doors for a ton of things. Um, and it's going to be awesome in and of itself. Like the actual event is going to be so cool. It's the Arizona Bowl. Like It's just going to be so fun. Cool. Like you said, big cat parachuting in um, Frank, the tank hot dog eating contest for the coin flip coin toss. Like who the hell knows it's Barstool sports. Um, and that's why people love it. And that's why we all were fans of it before we started working here. And why now currently, you know, five, seven, eight, ten 10 years later, We all are just like, holy shit, it's another surprise. It's never the same thing, and it's unbelievably exciting. Can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. I'm sure we're
2: all going to be there, and it's going to be a really, really fun inaugural Barstool Bowl. Cannot
0: wait. Agreed. Um, Speaking of events, yesterday, Barstool Classic in Minnesota, um, Olympic Hills was very cool. Uh, We haven't really gotten to see or play much. Minnesota golf Um, you know you hear about I kind of loop it in with Wisconsin and with Michigan of like these northern bitterly cold ass places that people think of where there's a, a tiny window in the summertime and then the grass is greener and it's lush and it's like not you're almost nobody's able to uncover this land because it's covered with like snow and ice and so when they do it's just pristine and that's pretty much what we got yesterday it was just a gorgeous, well-presented golf course. The greens looked like they'd never been putted on, so they were pure, extremely difficult. Um, and we had a few NHLers playing in the event. We had Brady Shea and Vinny Terry uh, who finished 6-under, tied for third, and took one of the four qualifying spots for Piners, albeit they probably won't be able to play. Um, and then we had a couple of Frankie's guys, um, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, who um, – They're all beauties. We'll get into that. There's a video coming from the whole thing, who I believe shot two over and finished tied for 33rd. So I'm curious, Frankie, if you have any thoughts on the difference in performance there.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Brady Shea and Vinny Latari are good players. Um, I mean, Brady Shea is an absolute stick. And Vinny Laterry, that's his home course, um, that and Spring Hill. So he knew that place like the back of his hand. We had actually walked nine holes um, the day before just to scout it out and see like the kind of place that we were playing at the next day. Um, And he played really well during that nine holes, and he played really well yesterday. So I knew that they were going to be up for the running for winning this thing. And, you know, Anders Lee, the captain of the New York Islanders, partnered up with Brock Nelson, American hero, good guy, plays hard, loves the game, shout-out War Road, Minnesota. Um I knew that they were going to have to you know play out of their minds to be able to compete with the Brady Shay because Anders Lee was getting a ton of strokes. I think he was like a course 14 handicap or something like that and Brock was probably a course 6 handicap. So they're obviously getting strokes, but like Anders doesn't play as much as he probably used to. Um you know, he was rehabbing after um I don't even know if it like has anything to do with the rehab. I just don't know that he plays that much. He's just one of those guys that like probably plays like every so often, and when he does, he absolutely pounds the golf ball. Um, but you know, I don't know that he had the game in. Uh, in I don't know that he had it in him yesterday to be able to. Um, you know, make a run that he needed to. Brady Shea, even when he found himself in situations that most people would end up hitting a tree or whatever, he was punching out through bunkers onto greens, like found a way every time to make a par, even if he had a terrible tee shot. On this one par five, they call it like the hardest hole in Minnesota. There's all this water on the left. You can't drive it anywhere. Brady Shea pulls one into the water, drops. So now he's hitting three in the fairway, punches out over this bunker. Now he's two... I think it was two like 40, 225 from the rough. He hit a seven iron to the back of the green and just drilled a thirty foot putt for par. Yeah. Just like a, and then everyone just walked off the green as if it was normal. Like that's just the kind of guy Brady Shea is on the golf course. So um, credit to them for playing well, and I'm happy that they were able to perform. And I was actually surprised. I thought Brock and uh, and and Anders, you know, played pretty well for not playing that much.
0: Yeah, we had Brady on the show kind of at the beginning of quarantine. I remember he had like twenty. Uh, 20- foot, like putting mat in his uh, place of residence and just a huge golf guy. He's also just a really hot guy who's Mm -hmm. phenomenal at ice hockey, phenomenal golfer, and he's one of those people who just has it all. Like, he's the full package. That guy is the full package. It's crazy.
2: I mean, I don't know that you could find a better foursome of just, like, nicer and funnier guys on a golf course. Like, I got, I had the pleasure of um, playing with them. So we were a fivesome and just all day. One guy was was making a funnier comment than the next, and it was just like really good vibes, really good golf at points. They had a little bit of a side match going at times, and and like the the competition and and the chirps and all this stuff was so good between the guys. So
1: that's gonna be a video, right? That
2: will be a video. Yep, we filmed almost every shot, and we got drone shots and GoPro shots. So that's gonna be a video of the Islanders versus the X Rangers because Vinny and Brady were both on the wrong team at one point in their lives. So um i fucking love i love every one of those guys though i mean couldn't be nicer and i don't know if people here this is an audio experience but you may have to go to my instagram or my twitter oh my god and you got to look at this picture that i put up of Anders lee the captain number 27 from from minnesota he hails from minnesota and somehow someway i don't know what the fuck is in the water at the Anders lee house but the guy's got like tumors growing on his quads dude quadzilla
1: you you've talked about him before and and I, I don't know anything about hockey as is pretty evident but you had talked about Andrews' legs and i was like yeah you know i've seen hockey guys have big legs that's just kind of how they are that's kind of like how this. they're built and then when you put up that picture on instagram i texted you i was like those things are outrageous
2: i'm going to say the word again they're preposterous they are
1: okay because like you're stand in that picture you're standing with all hockey guys and his legs are just 3 to 4 times bigger <laughs> than everybody his, else's. His quads actually
2: leak over into Vinny Lattari's pockets. Like <laughs> like Vinny Lattari is an NHL player and Anders Lee's legs are spilling over on top of him. There's actually a shadow that is being cast on Vinny Lattari's leg from Anders Lee's quads. He has a quad on top of his quad. I mean, it's he he it's him and Saquon for best legs in the world.
1: No doubt. And to, like I don't know if you're allowed to talk to him about his legs. Does he talk about them? Like, I don't like I, I wanna know are those does he work on that? Was he born like that? Like it's just it's they're just he's so qua, he's quatsimoto.
2: He, he,
0: he looks like a reverse skips leg day meme. Like, his legs, (laughs) it's that ridiculous. Like, nobody, even if you have massive legs, they're kind of equal to your upper body because your upper body holds your fucking organs and your arms and all of your stuff. His (laughs) legs are, like, twice as wide as his upper body. It doesn't make any sense. He is, uh, he's an absolute
2: fucking he has tree trunks for legs and imagine trying to move that guy in front of the net like when i when people saw that picture islanders fans they're like we can't. islanders were one fucking goal away from being a Stanley Cup this year and that guy unfortunately had to be in the rafters because he was coming off of a knee surgery and he couldn't fucking play now imagine that guy being inserted into this team now try moving that guy away <laughs> from the front of the net imagine having to do any sort of athletic activity someone actually mess, uh, wrote underneath Imagine your job for the night having to be clearing that guy away from his blue crease. Like his area in front of that net. Your job is to move that guy's legs. You can't do it. He's there's cement. He's cemented to the ground. Well, so, and
1: credit to you for wearing pants. You always wear pants, but you had to wear pants that day.
2: Wearing pants came up absolutely huge yesterday. I mean and saved you in that picture. God saved you in that damn. picture. Damn, if I, I said if I wore shorts in that photo, I think I would have gotten I would have been taken straight to a hospital for treatment. People would have thought that I was fucking sick. I swear to god, they would have been like, "Look at this guy. He is just bones."
1: I think if you had taken if you had been wearing shorts yesterday and taken that picture, I think you photoshop it. I think <laughs> have, you put I'd pants have, on your body. I'd have to. I
2: would absolutely have to. I mean, god, I There I, there I think are, three of my legs are the same size as Anders Lee's, Lee's ones.
1: It might be more.
2: His his quad is the same size as my as my hip.
1: They they're they're normal looking legs. They're not. I don't I don't Come mean on. that. But like but then there's just that extra piece <laughs> where it's like what's that doing there?
0: Woo! So really, yeah, it's well,
1: really funny. In that video. I can't wait for that. That'll be good.
0: We'll have a full video of uh, this. We also have coming out uh, tonight a full video of Trent Ryan attempting to break a hundred for what what time what attempt number is this uh so
1: it's episode eight and i believe it's attempt number seven okay attempt number number seven yeah
0: eight o'clock and the last time out you were extremely close well Um, yeah the
1: last time out um at village uh sands point Village Club of Sands Point. Yep. Shout out Meat. Uh shout out to Meat. Meat on the Feet. Yep. He's got fried chicken crocs that he wears. <laughs> um yeah, I, I played a great front nine. Um I think I shot 49 and then it just all just all unraveled, man. It, which it's it happens a lot to me. Um but yeah, tonight we are at Garden City Country Club. Me and Frankie again. It's a good episode.
2: It's a good episode, guys. I mean, Trent is right there. You guys have seen it. The proof is in the pudding. If you have been on this journey of watching Breaking 100 from episode one to now episode eight, you know that this guy is on the precipice of history. You understand that he is right there. It's a hole here and there. It's a drive here and there. It's a wedge shot here and there. What needs to happen is one day. Just one day, things need to click. Is tonight that day, fellas? We will have to wait until 8 p.m. to see it. You got the hat on, too.
0: There have been some big moments throughout this series, from JT stretching you out um, to the bunker incident to the – Infamous putting comment where you didn't need to worry about putting Um, and all of that is built up to some big episodes and I would say this is a big episode. There are some moments in this episode um, that again folks who have been along for your journey um, just like the bunker incident just like the swing tips just like the putting comment. Um people. Don't uh, the want to bladed mess.
1: wedge at Clearview Park, the oh, buried lie at Pine Hollow. Like it is funny oh. to go back and look at them and just how many horrifying moments mm. there are. And just <laughs> where the wheels come off. Frankie's been there for most of Riggs Riggs was there for when I almost slipped and fell in San Diego on a drive. Like it's really it, sometimes it gets ugly out there. <laughs> it does. It's, it's um, been
2: a long journey. Um, you know, It may continue on for the rest of our lives, for all we know. <laughs> but all I want you guys to know is that you want to be tuned in tonight, just like you were last week. I was just as confident last week. And if you were going to tune into that episode, that you were going to have the time of your life experiencing the highs and the lows of this guy trying to break 100, do the same tonight. We had 11,000 live concurrent viewers on YouTube last week yep. watching Trent Ryan try and break 100 on a golf course. Tonight we have to hit 15. This this thing is just a, this is a locomotive that is not stopping. We are just going through all the stops, all gas, no brakes. Is that something people say? It is. That's what breaking 100 is right now. It's going to be a fucking monster, and I'm telling you, you want to be there tonight.
1: Yeah, seriously. Shout out to everybody who's been watching. the The videos do extremely well. Um, I shout out for all the tips that people send my way. You know, I do you like the tips? I, yeah, yeah, I love those.
2: Talk to us about the tips. No, I don't want to talk
1: about them. Quite honestly, but I, I it's like a double edged sword because I appreciate everybody who's watching. the The videos do extremely well. the The feedback is mostly very positive. Frankie, you're great in the in the videos that we've been doing recently. Very positive during the videos. Just. Golf, and we've known this ever since we started doing the podcast, Riggs, that golf is a sport where people want to give tips to each other. They want to tell you how to play better, how to, how to score better, how to shoot lower scores, and that has just been amplified uh, by the Breaking 100 series. Golf
0: tips are the fucking worst. Golf tips are the worst. Golf tips suck. Unless they come from a very legitimate source, golf tips just suck. Like if it comes from John Tillery or if it comes from Max Homa or somebody like that who has a ton of credibility – It's great. Golf tips just in general are no different than someone like chirping Frankie about what clothes he should wear or whatever. It's just like, it's, they're the worst. They're incredibly infuriating.
1: And and the thing is though, also that when I get a DM about it, it'll start and it'll say, Hey man, been watching the series. I love it. And that gets my ego going. I'm like, Oh, I'll check this out. This guy is throwing compliments my way. And then there is two to three paragraphs of him telling me how to play better. Uh, yeah, the golf tip thing, it's just gotten – it's its boiled over. There's a lot happening in my DMs, in my mentions. Again, I appreciate everybody who's watching. But in this house, and I've said this before, in this house, we only listen to John Tillery. He's my yes. guy. He's my swing coach. He's got my best interest at heart. I listen to him religiously. That's the only person I'm going to listen to.
0: And I think that's very smart. I think that's very admirable. Um Tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern on our YouTube, um, the premiere of episode 8 of Trent Breaking 100. Make sure you are there. Simply Safe, when Simply Safe, who we've been uh, supported by for many years now, really since I think Trent and I started doing this just a couple, you know, two guys slinging golf takes back and forth four or five years ago, Simply Safe is there. Um, when their founders, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, Eleanor Lawrence, Designed their first security system in their kitchen. They did it for a very personal reason. Their friends had just had their home broken into. They were struggling to find a security system that was simple to set up and would make them feel safe again. So they came up with Simply Safe. Um, they're making people feel safe is what Simply Safe been doing uh, since that very moment. Fifteen years ago, Simply Safe just makes it extremely easy. It takes about two minutes to customize a system on their website, which is simplysafe.com/foreplay. The link that you guys should go to. Simply Safe has highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them. Whether that's during a fire, a burglary, a medical emergency, or even just when you're setting up their system, they'll be ready. There's always someone there who has your back to keep you safe. You can learn a lot more about Simply Safe and how they can protect you and your family by visiting visiting simplysafe.com slash foreplay today customize your system get a free security camera that's right folks you get a free security camera you get a 60-day risk-free trial by going to the link simplysafe.com slash foreplay so there's nothing to lose again big thanks to simply safe it's a very good um, you know mission that they're on to protect people that's simplysafe.com slash foreplay these microphones right.
2: are so fucking HD. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, you were nervous about opening that water bottle. Opening,
2: drinking. I mean, you hear that? Can you guys
0: hear me drink this water? A little. A little well, now you're do, you you overdid that. You yeah. overdid you that sure. You sold that for out, like an sure. ASMR video. Yeah, you <laughs> didn't hear us say anything, and you were like, "I got to sell it hard."
1: No, they they pick up everything. No, that was fine. That's fine. All right. Feel hydrate yourself during this. Bottle. You know, we I can you hear
0: it. Out. Coming out of the bottle, but I can't hear it
2: like I swashing think around. These microphones, if, I think, when these people listen to this podcast, they're going to hear that go through my throat.
1: The first one, definitely. Okay. That last one, I don't think so.
2: I never know if I'm breathing into these things. That's the other problem. Jake says no. No. Cut it. He cuts audio when we do it. All right. All right. Professional solution um, we go
0: Ricky Fowler. So Ricky Fowler, I think this was right before the 3M, so it was last week. Forgot to bring it up on the show from Tuesday. But a little update on a friend of ours who we've interacted with who likes us and we like him, um, who's a pretty good golfer in his day, Tiger Woods. Um, Ricky Fowler said – The golfer? Correct. He said on not playing in the Masters, um, which was one month after the accident, a little over one month – Um, He said, we were both disappointed that we were not there and playing. Of course, they watched the Masters together. Um, But he's not lacking any fire in there right now. He never has. He went on to say, I know he's been getting after it as far as rehab goes. That takes up most of his day. I know as kind of stubborn as he is, being as big of a golf nerd as all of us are, he is putting the work in. I know it's been tough. It's a long road till now. He's got a long road ahead. But he's putting the work in. So, look, anytime you get someone who is as close of a source, it's almost like we're getting notifications now from Ricky Fowler. When,
2: when did all of our Tiger Woods news come from Ricky Fowler?
0: Look, he has been hanging with Eldrick. And when someone's hanging with Eldrick and they're reporting, they're giving a little bit of tidbits of information on those sessions, on those little hangouts, We are going to pay a lot of attention to him, and Ricky has multiple times in these little, in his version of notifications, shout out to Notabugay. He has tied Tigers Fire and rehab to golf. He mentioned that his golf clubs are sitting right next to him in his fucking living room whenever he's watching golf. Whenever he's rehabbing, he says in these comments he throws out there that being a golf nerd is tied to his rehab. What
2: I've, I've, I've I know. That Trent is trying to think of a word for notification and Ricky Fowler. I know that you've been trying to do that for the last minute. And whatever you've been saying, Riggs, neither of us have heard. I know the listeners have. But I've been staring at this guy trying. I mean, you know when you can see someone's brain working from the outside, like his eyes were going. He was staring out in the distance. You were thinking about a, a word for notification
1: and Ricky Fowler. I think it's time to think of one, and I have not thought of one yet. I really was thinking about that hard, and I know I, you were. I, Riggs had it covered. Riggs was going through all of it, and I—if he had thrown it to me there—I would have had nothing. Yeah, wish I wish you did. I didn't know what he. I just. I but I can't think of one.
2: No. What have you tried? You tried anything yet? No. I said uh, at one point because I was doing the same thing. It was like notification fowleration or something like no, that it's got to be like it's brutal well
1: we've got such a good one with ricky shea shot like we've already got we've already made up something with him so i couldn't get that out of my head right away <laughs> and then i went to fowler trying to think of some sort of notification pun to do with fowler so
0: it almost um, i mean it's not as fun look this is not as enjoyable but it's almost like a notification is just a blanket way to you know typecast anything that comes from someone close to tiger woods so even if it came from steinberg or it comes from nota it's like a released piece of information that is almost north korea-esque because it comes from within tiger woods's circle
1: i actually like that as well unless someone can think of one that's tweeting for ricky fowler tweeted at us some sort of word that is ricky fowler's name that has to do with notifications (laughs) <laughs> a what? Ricky port? Ricky port? Yeah. I don't know what that means. Instead of a report? No, I don't like it. <laughs> I wish I did, but I don't. It's got no, a... I there's, yeah,
2: there's, I guess it doesn't have to be the word notification. It can be something oh, got an alert. I got it. I think okay. it's
1: Ricky,
0: Ricky Leaks.
1: Yes! Yes! That's it! Woo!
0: Dude, that's so good.
1: <laughs>
2: it has to be Ricky Leagues. That's fantastic. It that is just so good,
0: <laughs> Dude, honestly, it was the, whatever that last comment was, Ricky, Ricky Report, Report, made me think of like, wait, what's that thing that comes out that has icky in it, and it's... It's the Ricky <laughs> <The> Ricky Leagues. <laughs> Bravo, <laughs> Samuel. Bravo. Be okay, All so right, the latest—that's so, fantastic. I just said the latest. Now I will try. I can't say the latest. The wow, latest. Ricky leaks are very good, I think, about Tiger Woods. <laughs> I love it. The Ricky leaks are fantastic,
2: man. That is that is a home run. That, that is, is a fucking home run. You just know run. it when it when it
1: hits you in your chest. Like, Ricky report, it just did hit me in my chest. I like that we're throwing around <laughs> Rick- ideas. But it led to what Riggs came up with, so it's all part of the process. Well, the big
2: thing is that I feel like at first we were trying to get it into the word notification. At least I yes. was. And once Jake kind of – brought it into any sort of announcement of news with Ricky Report, I think then that's where that's where we really started to hit our stride.
0: And Ricky Leaks just took us home.
1: Really a collaborative effort. Yeah, right? I like that a lot.
0: I can't wait for the latest Ricky Leaks. I'm glad that we got there. So we got notifications in Ricky Leaks. These are the ways that we get information about Tiger Woods um, because they just won't let anything out. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the latest Ricky Leaks, how does it have us feeling? Better, I hope?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: it's...
2: More the same,
1: really. I think it's... Yeah, I think it's good. It's better. My assumptions about Tiger Woods after this accident, it doesn't change the way I feel like that. Like, I've always thought that he was going to keep working hard and striving to get back, and he's a huge golf nerd, and he was just going to be hitting balls or doing whatever he's doing to try to get back in there. So just to have that, you know, just to have the Ricky Leaks reaffirm that, I, I feel the same way I do, but I also feel confident, and I feel good about it.
2: Yeah, I I hope that the Ricky Leaks are confirmed from the source and that he's not just going crazy and, you know, rogue. He wouldn't that, do that. I know, but, like, this is more news than we've heard about Tiger from literally anyone on the planet, right? Like, we even talked to um, – I mean – We've talked to people that we that are like in the tailor Made world or in the Tiger Woods world. They're like, yeah, we don't know anything. Hopefully, things are going well. Like we've heard like good things, but like no report back. Like I mean, Ricky Fowler is the only one that's going to the world and announcing Tiger Woods' progression in his in the most famous like crash in sports. Like right now, you know what I mean? It's crazy yeah. that Ricky Fowler is the source. So I I do feel good about it, but I hope it's like there's a lot of uh, there's a You'll lot of truth, truth to it.
0: Um, yeah. I do, too. I do, too. I, again, I just think – there. so I'm going to read a quote, too, that I included in here um, from – this was in February when uh, the Tiger accident was all over the place. If you recall, the same type of folks who were saying three, four, five years ago, there's no way Tiger Woods ever comes back again. There's no way he plays professional golf. There's definitely no way he wins a major. FY won the 2019 Masters and proved yep. everyone wrong. Those same people that were saying that within seconds of Tiger Woods' accident, before he even got brought out of the car by the heroic, heroic LAPD system and the way they've handled this accident. Um, those same people, all they could say was that Tiger Woods is hashtag done. He will not play again. Anyone who thinks so is a moron. Um, which, by the way, that take, which these same people have had over and over and over again for more than 10 years now, that same take is, in my opinion, a pussy take because you know it will be true at some point. Right. Like at, if you can just continue to throw that take out there, you, no matter what, get to claim victory at some point because Father Time's undefeated. Everyone has done at some point in the history of the world that will happen. So I think it's a very cowardice take and I think it's been thus far and will continue to be after this accident, an incorrect take. But those people were saying within minutes, within seconds of Tiger Woods' accident and the pictures on the screen on TV that he's done. We had this guy, Dr. Andrew Pollock, professor and chair of the Department of Orthopedics at the University of Maryland School of Medicine, told CBS News in February, Woods' injuries will... Quote, definitely affect his golf game moving forward. No shit, dude. And then he also said, in many ways, this is a quote, he will likely need to relearn parts of the golf swing. Uh, no no shit, shit, dude. Yeah, no shit. He's fucking legs broken half. But my point is that all these people that say, like, oh, he had a bad, horrific leg injury, there's no way he could ever come back. He's come back from a billion injuries before. He came back from a spinal cord that didn't even work, and the spinal cord is the most sensitive Um, You know, paralyzing thing that could potentially harm you. Um, Yeah, he's going to relearn the golf swing, duh, and he's going to come back and win again, duh. So when I get these kind of Ricky Leaks, trademark, I think that he um, is only convincing me more of what we've been convinced of the entire time, and that makes me feel good.
1: Right. I'm obviously in no way um, happy that the crash happened. It was horrific, and I would have liked to avoid that at all costs. But now that we're living in that reality, it actually feels kind of nice that we're back up against these fucking people who are going to doubt Tiger Woods and don't think he's ever going to win again. Because after 2019, it felt like, all right, he's back. Um He's won that major that nobody thought he was going to win, and everybody just sort of calmed down. Now we are back in the pre-2019 phase where the people that you were talking about, Riggs, have reemerged, and that means that we get to reemerge as huge Tiger guys who are going to say that he is going to win again because we, th- we have all the faith in the world that he's going to work hard enough, he wants it, he's going to come back, he's going to do the rehab, and he's going to regain some of the form from the past and he's going to win again. It feels nice to, like put those boxing gloves back on and now we're back in the, in the ring. If Tiger Woods right. comes back
2: and wins again, it's a fairy tale. It's it's the greatest thing that ever happens in sports. Because the ever, first
1: one was the greatest thing that ever happened.
2: And will ever happen in sports. Nothing will be greater when it comes to a comeback than what Tiger Woods will eventually do when he comes back and wins. The the thing that probably will happen or most probable is that Tiger Woods will come back. It will be considered one of the greatest comebacks regardless of if he even finishes the tournament like him stepping up to a tee in a championship or any sort of tournament will be a fantastic moment. Something that everyone in the country will be watching. The odds are is that like this guy will end up like I can easily see Tiger Woods coming back playing a couple tournaments. Like, not doing well, like, like feeling like, all right, like, now I don't have it, and then just his career ending at that point after that. That's something I don't want to think about, but if you're going to talk about odds, like, if we put Barcelona Sportsbook's odds on that, the odds are probably greater in that that happens. Like, the great moment is him coming back and competing, not winning. But Tiger, I think Wood, that's the same argument the could have first... been made the, I know, the I know. before, you know what I mean? I agree.
1: Like, if you would put the odds on him. You know, before 2019, coming back from all that shit, all the back surgeries, all the tra- all the fusion surgeries, people would have they would have said that similar thing. Now he is older. Um, the crash was was really bad. Everybody knows how bad it was. It's just I think, but I am hopeful. I'm hopeful that he'll come back and and win again. I kind of hope so. It will be a moment
0: where they will interrupt whatever's on ESPN. They will interrupt whatever's going on and focus on Tiger Woods hitting a tee shot in competition again. That moment is going to happen. Anyone who thinks it's not has just not been paying attention for the last 25, 30 years. And my point the entire time has been if there is another human that at the age of 45 or 46 or 47 has been able to come back and win tournaments, Phil Mickelson, 50 years old, just won the PGA Championship. If there is a person that has been able to come back and do it at the highest level, then I think it's undeniable that the person who played the greatest golf in the history of the game of golf can also do it. In fact, I would say he's more likely to do it. Yeah. has his, Have his legs been shattered into pieces? Yep. Guess what? His back was shattered into pieces, and he came back and did it then. His neck was all messed up. His knee had four fucking knee surgeries and won the United States Open. Golf's toughest test. Shout out to our friend, close personal friend, the United States Golf Association. He won the 2008 U.S. Open with a broken leg and – Uh, fractures down his fucking shins. So, yeah, the guy's going to come back. Yeah, he's going to win again. It's going to be fantastic. And hearing this Ricky leak um, only reaffirms that which feels very good
2: for me. Do you have a... Is that that a part of the shirt there? Or is that a pin on your t-shirt?
1: Looks like a pin. It's a pin. Wow. Never seen somebody wear a pin like that.
2: Casually? A t shirt. I've never seen it. No. But what, I like it. What's the deal with the pin? I mean, I love America. It's an American flag for people listening to us. He has an American flag pin on his chest like he's the president. What is what, is, <laughs> what are they <laughs> what do they it's call this lapel.
0: Frankie? A lapel pin? Is that what
2: they call it's it? It's a lapel pin. I mean it looks like you just got back from the Memorial Day parade with your kids and you, got, you picked up a pin at the end of the block. You know, the the, the, the high school band went by, and they threw pins out, and you yeah. put it on, you got some cotton candy, and you went home.
0: Don't have any kids, to be clear. Um, but <laughs> if I did, I imagine that this would be something I would probably rock after Memorial Day Parade. I was doing laundry the first time in a month, and I noticed that on one of my hoodies um, the at the U.S. Open, I believe, they had given everybody... Um, pins to wear and we wore them it came in like our little bag of like hello welcome to the us open and i was doing laundry i went to throw this in and took the pin off and i was like why wouldn't i just wear the pin all the time i'm from america i love america (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) It's true so i just put it i've been walking around my apartment this morning with an american flag lapel pin on my shirt and it feels great
2: I respect the love for the country, right? I want I want to be on record that I that the pin um, comment by me had nothing to do with the flag or the country. It just has to do with the idea of wearing a pin in your house, right? Like it's almost like walking around with like a tie on, or right? it's like a it's an accessory, right? Like would you walk around like would you would you lounge with a belt on? No, right? <laughs> like. You know, you're kind Why of do loung- you lounge,
0: though, with a T-shirt on? Like, what's the
2: point? Well, yeah, but you, you've you got this, like, accessory on that, that, to me, is just so uncomfortable to be putting on such a nice cloth Peter Millar T-shirt to sit there and watch TV and have a pin on. Like I said, like, you're giving an inaugural speech in D.C. I don't know. It's do just, you ever me, wear, uh, like, a hat
0: when you lo- roun- lounge around?
2: Yeah, I yeah, so I, I wear a hat you? when I... I yeah, yeah, that's a good point, but, again, I... The the hat is so much more common than the pin, the lapel pin. Look, this is new.
0: I'm not claiming that this is a long is thought a out thing theory. You, like will you go to Chipotle with that on or like will you go down the block oh, and yeah. get food? Really? Yeah. yeah. Well today, what am I gonna take it off to
2: go to Chipotle? <laughs> yeah,
0: That's a- anti American.
2: Well, you you have backed yourself into a corner with it being a flag. You pin. kind of
0: backed yourself into a corner. <laughs> well, no, you're I against mean, my American flag. lapel. No. you were like,
1: why are you wearing that fucking flag? No. That's the, yeah. you oh,
0: you hate on? the flag. <laughs> He's right? in his apartment wearing a pin.
1: You know, this is how trends start. You do something that's unexpected and and that a thing
0: that people don't it's know. It's like a heavy do.
2: pin for that type of shirt too. You know what I mean? That's a heavy. This pin. This shirt needs
0: a lighter pin. It, that's a very <laughs> heavy pin for that type of shirt. They make, they have to make lighter ones that cling a little tighter because this one's got like the full fucking. That's the, got a little um, hang
2: to it for sure.
0: Thing on the back is like a fucking nail that kind of goes. That's right what I mean. He's walking around, and watching.
2: You're watching the olymp. Oh, is it because you're watching the Olympics? Maybe subconsciously, you're just trying to be a little.
0: I haven't even had him on this morning. Okay. It could be. I don't know. I don't know. What you're doing look, it needs to be probably tightened up. But I, I it, saw it the had pin. to be addressed.
1: I
2: actually Took it off. It. Well, took I it thought, off.
0: I, I Neither it one of you guys <laughs> care about the flag, apparently. But if... if I
3: look, thought I'm it was part of the shirt until refi- I saw it. It's not a refined light.
0: thing. I think that I saw it. I thought, hmm, why would I just put this on my counter when I could wear it? It's a perfectly good lapel pin. It, it's meant it was created, crafted probably somewhere in, in the United States by a patriotic worker that i think it should be worn not just sit around in a drawer
2: yeah i guess so maybe i have to be a bigger pin guy i've never thought to wear a pin i've never thought to jazz up my outfits or my day with a lapel pin hanging off my nipples
1: yeah he might have changed the game
2: maybe it's in a nice spot too he definitely he definitely nailed that it's on his heart yeah right he on missed his it heart. the first
0: time it was like way up here yeah, it looks ridiculous, yeah. oh, man. way up here, it was like on the shoulder blade. But now it's kind of right where like a captain C would go if you're uh, that's right. you know, an ice hockey player. That
2: yep. yeah. was just eating at you, wasn't it? I, I didn't really notice it until I saw one little glimpse of light hit it, and I was like, "That thing is not on that shirt." That I mean, that did not come on the shirt. That is a lapel pin hanging off of his top left breast.
0: <laughs> I like it. Yep, I'm gonna do it all the time now. Yeah,
2: I mean, now you have to be a pin guy. Which I would assume is a nice little hobby. Boy, can you get some cool pins? I assume.
1: I think we've got. I don't know if we sell. Them. Do we sell like bar, little barstool ones? I feel oh, yeah. like I have one in my apartment, but I don't know if we ever mass produce them. Um, that'd be a nice one to wear.
0: I'm a pin setter. Nice. Yeah.
1: You you know you um, had it with Ricky Leaks.
0: The weather is really hot. The highways are packed. Even the sunniest days, um, potentially. Can um, you know hold thunderstorms, random thunderstorms, miserable stuff? Summer's back. Just because you might get or not get a two month summer vacation anymore, which you did when you're younger, doesn't mean you can't take advantage of the season. Thanks to our good friends at CBDMD and their limited edition coconut tincture, you can truly kick back, relax, and make this summer for you. The limited edition coconut tincture. Do you in tincture? Do you say the sea, or do you kind of hit it as a soft, soft sea? Tincture. Tincture. Tincture? Yeah. Tincture. Blends the superior broad-spectrum formula you know and love from CBDMD, which is true. We've been uh, with them for a very long time, with a sweet and tropical coconut flavor. Um, this stuff is awesome. There's just no doubt about it. It makes your uh, life better. I've also been using their CBD PM lately. Um, to sleep, you're traveling a lot. Your head's kind of spinning. You're on social media a lot. Um, you're, maybe your anxiety's a little higher because of all of those things. The CBD PM has been really awesome for me sleeping. Uh, you know, nice, smooth, comfortably uh, waking up, feeling high. I had a ninety-something percent recovery today. By the way, whoa! Um, Boy. Yeah, I had
1: uh, I used a lot of CBD MD when we got back from the Michigan trip. I just covered my body in it. They have like the Ooh. roll-on stuff, the mm-hmm. freeze. You put that mm-hmm. on your body, and it just relaxes all the aches and the soreness in your muscles. So, yeah, I really do. I use CBDMD a lot.
0: Well, gentlemen, Trent, everyone listening, ladies, to make it even easier to celebrate the summer of you, CBDMD is offering our listeners 25% off their next order when you use the promo code FourPlay play one word, at checkout. That is CBDMD.com, promo code FourPlay play for 25% off. Your purchase of superior CBD products from CBD MD. Um, I would like to take a quick moment, give a shout-out to our caddies from the um, Wisconsin trip. I went through the whole thing, forgot to mention the caddies. Had Hanky for the entire time, who is the man, obviously. The best, Con- man. Continues to be the best. Um, he also is great. He just, you know, after, like, every round and whenever we leave, he always sends, like, these very um, sincere, like, I miss you. Uh, we have so much fun whenever you guys are here. Text, which always warms my heart. We had um, Hanky, Ian, Zach, Tim, Austin, I believe, at Aaron Hills for me and my different buddies who were as good as it gets. They might be That might be the best um, collection of caddies at Aaron Hills that I've ever seen anywhere. They're just so good. They make the experience so much better. And then at Whistling Straits, we had Alex, who was with me, um, Ethan, Matt, and Dan, who were with our whole group. Um, and they were just phenomenal. I know a lot of people on the trip – Right? This is for the common golfer. People don't have caddies very often that probably listen to this show. We never did until a few years ago when we started doing this show. We got these different opportunities. Uh, but, man, when you have a really good caddy who is cool, they fit personality-wise, they've been at the course for a long time, it just makes or breaks the entire trip and adds so much to it, especially at walking courses. Like we're going to be at Bandon in a little over a month. Um, where you gotta walk everywhere and just having a caddy the whole time? Yeah, it's expensive. There's a fee. Tip them like a hundred bucks. <sighs> At the end of the day, when you're when you're dead and gone and six feet under, is that hundred bucks for that round um, gonna matter to you for how much better it made your experience that day? Absolutely not. So I just had to give a shout out and a thank you to those guys because they made the experience phenomenal.
1: Dude, I gotta get in shape for Bandon.
0: Oh yeah, I, that just hit me.
1: <clears throat> I gotta start walking around. I've heard time.
0: Big time. A couple tough walks, right? And what's crazy about it is the ground is so firm, it's links, right, yeah. that it affects your calves and your feet to a level where your feet will never hurt again like they hurt after maybe you get through day three or four at Bandon Dunes. It's a problem. Awesome.
1: Oh, That's I be- got to just start walking around New York City. I I got to find a treadmill, start walking around. Because right now, right now, I am not in band and shape. Before um, the Barstool Classic, we played
2: Olympic Hills in Minnesota. We went, and and I think the course was closed on the Monday. But um, at this course... Um, What that means is like you really just can't use like any of the clubhouse. You can't use the driving range, but you can like Vinnie LaTerry was able to go out and we were able to walk the course and and see the front nine. Um, It was like 110 degrees that day and we walked the course it was actually a pretty tough freaking walk because like yesterday at the barstool classic the drive was like there was a couple of drives from hole to hole that were long so we walked this course nine holes and at the end of the ninth hole it's one of those courses where the ninth hole doesn't go right up against the clubhouse you need to actually be shuttled from the ninth green to the clubhouse because there is such a steep hill from you see my eye twitching a little bit? No. Nope. You didn't see that that whole time? No. There's such a um, steep good. hill from the ninth green up to the clubhouse that they, they literally need to shuttle you up. And it wasn't running because the course was closed. <laughs> so we finished this ninth hole. And I haven't even walked a golf course like that in a long time with my bags on. Like, usually we take the cart everywhere we go. Yep. My God, did I barely did I barely make it. I almost died. I'm walking up there with a professional athlete who's, like, fucking walking like he's holding weights, basically, walking up this thing. It is a steep incline. And halfway through, I think I let up a noise, like, oh. Because <laughs> like, I'm trying to talk and, like, act like everything's okay. And I was like, oh, what when do you go back to – I don't know, I'm like just like trying <laughs> to like act like I'm fine, but every word I said had a little bit of a flutter in it, so I too need to walk, I need to work out, I need to get these legs in shape for Bandon, because I've heard it is a tough walk,
1: I've what, heard from many people. What's the weather like there?
0: The weather typically at Bandon is our kind of weather. It is like mid-50s, maybe oh. it gets up in the low mid-60s. But you're walking the whole time, so it feels like seventy. You know, you put on a quarter zip, you wear pants the whole time. If it's a you know, it's windy a lot, um, which obviously makes the golf tough. But it, you never want to be hot, right? I think we're all guys that would way rather be a little chilly. You can layer up than we would be just sweating hot and you're miserable. So it is ideal golf weather, Uh, and I think that time of year you won't get anything like below fifty. You'll get a lot of like mid high fifties. I think. You'll get a few sunny days. You'll get a few cloudy and windy days. We'll probably get a little bit of rain. But as long as you got the right kind of gear, it is our favorite kind of golf weather. Okay. Just
1: got to get the legs in shape.
0: Yep. alright I'm
1: going to start working on that today. Quarter zips and pants.
0: Ooh. Get those puppies in shape. I, will say I wear that thing. no matter I'm worried what. worried about with this pin is if it, if it rolls upside down, then I look like I hate uh, America.
2: That's so bad I can't, news there. So
0: i got to be really careful with it. Um, something I'm concerned about.
2: Uh Okay. Speaking of America, actually, I saw um, twisting a little bit. Xander Shoffley, who's teeing off as we record this tonight at seven fifteen, he's teeing off mm-hmm. in the Olympics. Ever heard of it? Um, he put up a pretty cool Instagram story, uh, Instagram post today, saying, "My dad's dream of becoming an Olympic decathlete."
3: Okay, so someone that Ooh.
2: performs in the decathlon. I'm assuming. My mm-hmm. dad's dream of becoming an Olympic decathlete came to a sudden end in 1986 when a drunk driver crashed into his car. And he says you can read more into his journey and why it means so much for me to be here in Tokyo with him in the in bio. So if you go to his um, Instagram story, Xander uh, Shopley's Instagram, you can read the whole story into it. But pretty cool that um, – you know, Xander is kind of like fulfilling his dad's destiny as for being an Olympic athlete. When you hear stories like that, I think it just furthermore proves that for the player, being a part of the Olympics is much more important and, and awesome than it is for the casual viewer. Right. Like we keep saying, are we going to put importance on this, are, on these guys winning gold medals in golf? And I think we've all come to the consensus that like they probably need a little bit more prestige. Years need to go by for us to get really invested in it watching it. But if you are performing in it, my God, is that going to be awesome for these guys to be able to do this? And this just, what a story. And we know, I mean, Xander and his dad, they both were on the show. So um, really cool story out of Xander Shoffley.
0: Phenomenal. The more and more you learn about what this means to certain people playing and competing in the Olympics, gets me more hyped. I'm glad that we did the show Tuesday about how much we're all coming around and loving the Olympics because it's been phenomenal. Um, Tim Tucker, obviously Bryson DeChambeau's former caddy, was on golf subpar um, with Colt Nost and Sleeze. They do these interviews with all kinds of guys. They've had JT on. They've had uh, a bunch of massive names on. Um, they had Tim Tucker on, which obviously is a big get with everything going on. Um, you know, he kind of said a lot of the things, and I haven't listened to the entire thing. I listened to the first probably 20 minutes, and I was reading a few different articles going through some of the other quotes. Um, but as we talk about Bryson a ton, and we talked about this whole thing a ton that led to Bryson being upset with us, uh, he still hasn't responded, I don't think, to the ultimatum we threw about changing our logo. But he, um, I thought he said a couple things that were really interesting. He mostly. Reinforced what he had already said He said his big regret was the timing Of the split um, Because he left Bryson sort of hanging He thought there were a lot of things on Bryson's Mind because of the timing of it. it Didn't allow him to fully focus on The Rocket Mortgage, he missed the cut uh, and that led to a ton of speculation about some bad blood leading to the split, which I think is inevitable. Um, but he also raved about Bryson's work ethic. And he said something that was very interesting to me that I'd never really considered before. He said, Bryson is very demanding. I think that's a great attribute from an employer because it makes you, as the employee, get better. If you're not getting better and learning and pushing everything that you're doing, then you become complacent and start making mistakes and you are not continuing to grow. He makes you do that and it's unbelievable. He demands it from everybody. I actually thought that was very interesting. Remind me of Dave Portnoy um, to a degree who was extremely demanding that we all have worked directly for, for a long time now. And it made me again, I was on an airplane last night, just alone with my thoughts and these comments kind of from Tim Tucker, but it made me sort of appreciate that in a way that I had never thought of before.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense. And like nobody has ever accused Bryson DeChambeau of not working hard. Like I think that's been very clear if you follow Bryson at all and he sometimes makes suspect spectacle of it and it's not his own doing. This is just how hard he works, but he's out at the driving range at a tournament until like four in the morning and there's cameras out there and they bring out lights for him. Um, yeah, I, I can see. But then obviously coming out the other side of that, it clearly got to a point where Tim like just couldn't do that anymore. Like That's good up until a point where that Tim clearly hit where, yeah, you're improving and this guy's working so hard that you have to work just as hard to keep up with him. But Tim obviously got to a point where he was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to work with Bryson anymore. So it, there's good and bad to it.
0: I think it clearly got to that point. Um, but I, I just thought that that was um... – a positive way of kind of looking at Bryson being demanding, air quotes, that I had never considered before. Clearly, it got to a breaking point. How much sort of Tim wanted to get into this Bannon Dunes like travel business, uh, shuttle business that he's focusing on. How much that played into it versus he was just reached his boiling point. You know, like we won't know. I don't think that that answer came out of this. He is, of course, for positive. PR and because he respects Bryson, which I which I very much in turn respect his approach to the whole thing. He's going to harp on the fact that yeah, I was I was ready to leave you know months ago. Uh, we kind of put a plan in place because I want to focus on those other business, and then people can point to the fact, well, yeah, why did you just bail on like Thursday morning of a tournament? Right. Um, that's always going to be in play. But again, it was sort of a positive angle that I had never looked at to me uh, before. And then another thing that he talked about that was really really interesting was green density and he said you know he was going through with these guys about what all they considered for shots and all the information and inputs that bryson you know needs and wanted for shots and he said green density that to me is one of the most important things that we've done um, understanding i'm hitting a seven iron with 6200 rpm spend landing into a two percent slope it's going to run out four yards on a six millimeter green density That's important, and it's predictable. So instead of just being like, oh, yeah, the green's kind of firm. You know, it should roll out a little bit. Let's fly it like 165 to a 169 hole. They were focused on understanding, making sure they knew green density so that they could actually just do the pure calculation, um, which was fucking fascinating to me and really a window into how in-depth they went for golf shots. Even though we've talked about it a lot, I'd never heard that specifically before.
2: As in-depth as you can go in the game of golf. Right. I mean, Bryson really has turned this into just not a fun game. Like for himself or his team, <laughs> it's just not fun at all. Even when they win, it's got to be like, yep, the calculations were correct. Yeah, like, Nothing about it yeah. is fun. He's not leaving anything to himself. Like, give yourself a little bit more credit, man. You're putting... Your skill to use and hitting this golf shot, like it's not all about like the green density and four yards out. Like, let's just see you play golf. And I don't know. I I love the fact that he's a mad scientist. He unfortunately never goes with that. Um, I've always wanted him to be like the what is it, the Hulk scientist? What What do they call him? Professor Banner. Professor what? Banner. Banner? But like when he was like a mixture between the Hulk Hulk, Professor Hulk. When 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 he was a mixture between the Hulk and Professor, yeah, that's what I've always wanted. Fucking Bryson to like walk up and and be and and, and show himself up at the go- at the uh, golf course and and you know really own that image. But he just hasn't. He's just been such a dork and a loser and annoying and a piece of shit to people. And it's just like fuck, man. Like go be Professor Hulk. Like, one time, like, listen to the things that your caddy is saying that you guys did on the greens. Like, that's hilarious.
1: Right. When we talk about feel and real on this podcast a lot, he's just decided to go all in on real. He just wants everything to be real. And there's clearly a benefit to that, right? Like, he's dealing in reality. This is what the green is going to do. This is the density. If I hit it here, this is where it's going to roll out to. And that's obviously all valid. And he's a very successful professional golfer. But. I do wonder if every once in a while he just kind of let go of the wheel a little bit and just saw what happened, like let his talent take over because he clearly has a ton of talent as well. I think it, I think you're right. I think a mixture would go a long way for him, but I don't think he's ever going to take that approach. It's just that every time we
2: hear from this guy during an interview, it's like he's always like playing both sides where he tries to be like the really polite And like, oh, you know, they can all talk shit about me. And he blinks a million times and he acts like everything's so fucking calculated and like he cares about his image so much and blah, blah, blah. And and it's always just bullshit coming out of his mouth. Like if he could just come out and be the guy that he actually is and be such an asshole, arrogant, like Weightlifting scientist guy that's talking, that's (laughs) yelling at his team about green density and and getting mad during uh, post game post round press conferences about how Tim didn't know that it was going to roll out four yards and it rolled out five yards and like you know like snapping rollers over people's heads like that would be a guy that I would go buy that guy's jersey because that's a fucking cartoon character. (laughs) Instead, we have a subdued little mouse at the podium in Bryson DeChambeau. Every single time it's like, oh, the world hates me. And, you know, I'm just trying to change the game of golf. Like, shut the fuck up, dude. Look at all this stuff you're doing behind closed doors. We have to go on a podcast and listen about green density. You should come out and talk about how you're changing the game and be a fucking be an asshole. That's what we need Bryson DeChambeau to be at this point. Be a public asshole. I think people would like him more. Because they already think he's a douchebag now. Right. There's, like, that fine line where if you try and hide being a douchebag, you are a douchebag. But if you come out and just blatantly be outrageous and insane, people will love him. And I've been this way on this guy for years now. Just do it. Go all
0: in, Bryson. My God. I agree. Agreed. I think we've said that a million times, and it's never it's never going to change unless he changes. I completely agree. Um, and I think, like, he is – to us, he's taking the fun out of the game with this shit. But to him, I think that's what he enjoys. I think he gets, like, satisfaction out of solving the fucking equation and taking chance out of it and just knowing the calculations. That's what makes him different. If he would just purely own that, stop trying to be liked and just do what he does and be a weirdo scientist guy who plays golf and wins tournaments and hits the ball 380 yards, he'd probably be significantly more
1: I do liked. wonder, though, like, the what we're talking about where if – He seems to think that he's doing it the right way, but he also doesn't win every tournament. So when he looks at guys who aren't doing it his way and no one else is doing it his way, but other guys are winning tournaments, I wonder if that ever gets in his head where he starts to think, maybe I'm not doing it completely the right way. You're never going to get rid of his want or his desire or his need to try to break everything down, but he would only fully believe that if he were – Legitimately winning every single
0: tournament. But, well, what my counter to that would be like, he does have to believe at some level he's doing the golf the best way for him. In the same way that John Rom talked about him being born with a, you know, club foot, so he's swinging like the best way for him and playing the best golf for him. Yeah. Like, Bryson isn't going to be some extravagant artist type player who's like swinging like Arnie with a helicopter finish and hitting these shot shapes. Like what works for him, whether it makes him like winning every single golf tournament or not, is this clearly like scientific calculated approach. And I think like weighing that or comparing that always to others is probably going to be detrimental to him more so than like helpful. It does funny that the way that he views things, it seems like the only thing that
1: gets in his it way. Upside down. What's that? Oh, yeah, you can't have no, that. Nothing. It nothing. seems like. Oh, it's still upside down. It's funny that it seems the thing that gets in Bryson's way is the game of golf. Like the actual physical playing of the game of golf is what is in the way of his pursuit of perfection. Because he thinks he can figure everything out with statistics, but what you eventually have to do is just go play. And see what happens.
0: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I completely agree with that. Um, so yeah, look, he'll he'll forever be like this. I don't think he's ever going to change. I think no. he'd be much much cooler to all of us um, if he did. If he was the kind of guy that came on and just roasted Frankie for not being able to chip, that'd be uh, much cooler. Be fool, him. Come him. on in and
1: come on in and roast Frankie again. Let's God. go back to that. Um,
0: truly truly hard seltzer from Boston Beer. They got sixteen refreshing styles. There's literally something for Everyone, I'm always going to be a big uh, fan of one of the OGs, the Wild Berry. Probably going to be my favorite flavor for of them forever. But now they got the fruit punches. They got like citrus fruit punch, which comes in this um, this like citrusy green can with a fruit punch flavor. Phenomenal, um, but there's something for everyone the iced teas, the lemon iced teas, lemonade iced teas that they've got, um, the lemonades, and then the iced teas. They got a bunch of different flavors. Whether you're out on the course, you're at a bar, you're on the beach, you're relaxing at home, you're on a buddy's trip, you're on a girl's trip, no matter what you're doing, truly is going to be the answer. Um, they've been huge supporters of the Barstool Classic since day one before we ever put it into play, before it was ever a real thing. They just were like, Yep, we're all in on the Barstool Classic. We love what you guys are doing. We love golf. And now truly continues to get bigger. And bigger, better, and better. I saw everyone enjoying Truly's yesterday outside of Minnesota. It just makes things better, gentlemen.
2: It really does. It's a great drink. Um, the 8% one, the, the the Truly Extra, my goodness. Uh, it's the uh, Extra on 8. They have it on the 8th hole at the Barstow Classic and it's just, it's a fantastic drink and it gets you to where you need to go just a little Puts bit quicker. Puts a little quicker.
1: pep in your step? Puts a
2: little pep in your step. It gets you where you need to go just a little bit quicker. It's a good drink, man. It's just a, a, a truly on a golf course is, um, it's a match made in heaven. It's a match made in heaven. You know, you put the words right in my mouth. I know. I, you I, didn't take it out of my mouth. You put them in.
1: I did. I wasn't sure. I didn't know if you had it. And you I don't, I don't know that. I did. Right <laughs>
0: it's a good song. What was the song? All right. Um, what is it? And you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh yeah. Oh, no, I, I so. took the words right out of my mouth. Daddy, What's the
2: song? The words I can't think right right
1: of it. My my I'm just singing what you guys are singing. Yeah, you're just kind of a parrot. Parroting. I'm doing karaoke with you Parroting out there. Um, I think like my
0: mom's oh. gonna listen to this. And would be like, "Does this fucking idiot after listening to this song ten thousand times?" Well, Frankie's gonna know. meatloaf,
2: right?
0: What it is? Is it meatloaf? Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not good at this stuff. Um. All right. right oh, no, we can't. Oh, and it, they get pretty high. Like, he took the words right out of my mouth. Oh. Whoa. whoa. Took the
3: okay.
0: I saw Dan, by the way, Dan Shea. Uh, Shay Mooney? Uh, Shea Mooney the other day from Dan and Shay. <laughs> I was, man, watching one of his Instagrams that he put up where they were, he was, like, trying to hit the highest, like, melody that he could. And it it was so impressive. I watched it probably a hundred times. Try trying to remember what, which line from his song, but he went, so high on the melody, it was like he had a uh, freak quality from, like, the Greek gods that they gave him that he was able to go that high. We None of us can clearly go that high. They can probably, he can listening.
1: probably shatter glass with that voice. It was phenomenal.
0: It was just a phenomenal talent.
1: Frankie's bumping the song that we're all trying to figure out. What's the name of it?
2: it took the words right out of my mouth. That's the name of the song? <laughs> Who's it by? Meatloaf? Meatloaf. Oh, wow. All right. We were on it. <laughs> Hold on. We're getting to
1: uh... it. Mm-hmm. you look like a dj right now <laughs> and you the took the headphones. words
2: right out of my mouth it must have been oh yeah yeah you took the words right out of my mouth oh it must have been when it you know were kissing you me. me you took the words took right the out, words of right my out mouth. Mouth. and they keep going out yeah
0: yeah, hell yeah! yeah. That's right. Put look, your lighters. All right, damn!
2: I think oh, like my nipples have been popping through this shirt today. Jesus I Christ! Think. Put a, I a pin on. Haven't really
0: noticed. <laughs> yeah, you want right? a couple pins? Put them right like on your like little nipples there. Look at me. Milk, <laughs> <laughs> look at these things. Imagine if
1: you put two <laughs> American flag pins over your nipples. <laughs> look at these things. Look at my tits, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are Ooh, not I'm gonna, gonna like this. People are gonna be able to see that. Well,
2: I'm showing them. Look at that.
0: You should put some pins in there. Put, your, you know, put some it. pins over your nipples. God. Then they might poke your nipples and they get worse. Just, just get, get your nipples pierced. So. Seriously. Or oh just my like God, get like less nipply, maybe. All right. I think it is time in the show where we throw it to a uh, 20-year-old uh, up-and-coming NHLer from the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, Trevor Zegers. Alright, we are now joined on the
2: Four Play podcast by Trevor Ziegris. Welcome to the show.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. So you are out in Anaheim. Yep. Um talk to us a little bit about like how your life's been right now. Twenty years old, yep. world juniors, MVP. Yep. I mean living life kinda of right now, huh?
3: Yeah, it's been a been a fun couple couple years here. Um I mean obviously uh playing out in Anaheim is doesn't even doesn't even really feel real. I mean you're kinda of right on the beach out there, I mean a lot of good golf. Obviously, the hockey is is, uh, is fun and all that, but, uh, yeah, I mean, our, our hockey team's pretty much a golf team. I mean, everybody's everybody's pretty much a stick out there, so um, kind of getting my butt kicked, but it's it's pretty fun.
2: Yeah, where are you, like, in relation to the other guys on the team?
3: I mean, We've got some good guys. Um, Getzoff's pretty good. Fowler's really good. I see Vinny with Terry's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so I was
2: with Vinny this past weekend. Yeah. We played three times, and... Uh, I called him this morning to get a little bit of like, some, maybe some dirt on you or whatever. But unfortunately, he had only good things to say about you. That's he funny. was really pumping your tires, as the hockey guys like to say, quite a bit. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, he did say you guys have a, a lot of good players out there, and it must be a product of the environment also. Yeah. You guys are able to play a lot more throughout the season yeah. or in, on off days and stuff.
3: Yeah. No, it's there's a lot of good guys. I mean, I think there's two or three guys that belong to tracks out there. Um, but other than that, it's kind of just whatever, public golf. I mean, there's, there's a lot of great courses. Um, but the guys that belong to tracks out there are the are the, are the guys that you try to avoid. Gets um, getsy belongs to two courses out there. Um, Manson's got a track. Um, so it's, it's nice that those guys belong to places. They can invite you out if you're lucky. But, um, yeah, no, a lot of good golfers. How long have you been playing golf? My whole life, pretty much. I mean, I started, whatever, just swinging a club. I mean, I've belonged to a course out by me for – for as long as I can remember. So, I mean, just kind of going out there with my dad and my, my grandpa and my brother and my cousins when, I mean, kind of just whatever, hack it around. But, um, yeah, no, I've been playing for a while.
2: Um, Vinny was telling me you guys played a little match at Pelican Hill. Yeah. No, Vinny's good. I How'd didn't realize go? how good he was. Doing. He's,
3: he's uh, I don't want to say he's a sandbagger, but he came in with like a nine handicap and shot like 78. So, I don't know. Uh, but, no, it was fun. Vinny's, Vinny's good. He's so crazy out there. He's got, like, the electrical tape on the bottom of his putter, so we were, we were killing him. <laughs> um, but, no, he's fun to play with for sure. Yeah,
2: it's funny. Your, your, your like, charisma and your attitude's coming out already in the podcast. <laughs> he told me that for such a young guy to come into an organization like the Ducks and in the NHL, like, you you really, like, have been comfortable, right? Like, yeah. jo- joining in in the locker room. Like, how's that transition been? Like, he said you'll come in and, like, you'll just say things that make the room crash up. And like, for such a young guy – it's a little bit like, you know, it's it's like they, they step back like, whoa, this guy's comfortable right now. He's able to be one of the boys already.
3: Yeah. I mean, we have such a good group of guys. Like, I mean, obviously the older guys, like I said, all I mean, I kind of went out there a couple months early and got to know a bunch of the guys and obviously played some golf um, at the, whatever, at their, at their courses. So, I mean, it was, it was nice to get familiar with the guys before obviously the season started. Um, but I mean, they're such, they're such good dudes that it really, I really wasn't like uncomfortable at all at any point. Um but yeah i mean vinny obviously vinny's vinny's very similar in that in that yeah. fact um so yeah it's been it's
2: been pretty good yeah and rolling with that guy he had us absolutely dying vinny latori has a nickname H- for Every single person he meets, even if he just met you, like, <laughs> calling me things that I've never in my life heard. It's just he added word for every shot. Like if there was a slope on the back of the green, he goes, oh, Tony Hawk Pro Skate. Oh. the <laughs> uh, ball comes, goes up the hill and comes back down. <laughs> or if you had like a crazy slope on a green, he goes, you're going to have to go Sean White on that." one <laughs> I was like, how are you coming up with these things like out of nowhere? Yeah. Oh, um, my gosh. So um, the the first time that you really came into my life was when I was watching the World Juniors. Talk to me a little bit about like – we're all watching the Olympics right now. It's a huge, obviously, on TV every second. Like, what is it playing for your country and, and your sport? Like, how cool was that to get the win over Canada? Everyone yeah. thought it was such a big upset. Like, yeah. how awesome was that? It
3: was, it was unbelievable. Um, obviously, I I was lucky enough to play in the tournament the year before, yeah. um, and whatever we had some good, I don't want to say good momentum, but we had a bunch of guys on that team that come back, came back that second year. Um, so we were pretty confident heading into the tournament. Um, obviously, in Canada, so we had we had those guys kind of circled from the start so um, to get those guys in the finals it 's pretty much like every kid 's dream I mean I grew up watching that tournament my whole life um, so to to play those guys in the finals, it was almost like we, we really it was like can 't lose for us and they had they had pretty much everything to lose um, so i don 't know it was, it was it was a great time and i can 't even imagine what it' would have been like with. With fans, I mean, I but uh, no, it was, it was it was really cool for sure.
2: So, like, having that much success and, and, like, being able to experience stuff like that at such an early age, by the way, these, I mean, do we this hear this? is these? New York City. <laughs> New York City, there's just fire trucks going down the street. Um, you know, do, does that, like, raise your expectations for what you expect to do in the NHL, right? Like, now you have, you're at the top, top, top. Do you take all of that with you and now say, I have to keep growing on what I've done, or or are you just, like, happy to be there right now and, and just, like, kind of, like, get your feet wet?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? Like, you come in with, I mean, I don't want to say, like, high expectations, but obviously yeah. um, it's such a good tournament, and um, to have some success and some team success, obviously um, that's going to come with a lot of expectations. But um, my kind of mindset was just to kind of roll with it and, I'm um, trying not to think about that kind of stuff and kind of, like you said, just have a good time. I mean, you're playing hockey in California. like It, just, it's, it really doesn't feel real most of the time, which is, which is funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I'll kind of just kind of roll with it. How uh, Have you been golfing a lot this summer? Yeah, I've been golfing every day. It's funny. I, I mean, I, I played literally every day last year with the, with the, with the virus going yeah. on with COVID. Yeah. Like I was at the range every day. I, got, I went from like a 10 to like a 2.5. And, <laughs> and then now this what? year. Yeah, like it was like a 2.5 index. Like I was what? playing great. What are you right now? I'd probably say I'm like a five now. That's okay. kind of good. I kind of went back up a little bit, um, but I'm just not playing every day like I used to. Like I was going to the range every day. Yeah. Like, that was like my main focus was golf. Um, but now I'm coming back, and I expect to be like this golfer that I was last year. And it's just. I mean, I can I can go low, but it's just the consistency. So frustrating! Exactly. Oh, so frustrating! Especially when you know that you're able to go from a ten to a
2: two oh. and <laughs> for a little bit. So Dude, I was doing this last year. It is the worst. Yeah. It's the
3: worst. I mean, blading wedges. Sometimes it's just terrible. Don't talk but. to me about it. What's uh. Uh,
1: what's the strongest part of your game?
3: Probably my driver. I can okay. I can hit the ball pretty far, um, but I lose. You, I lost a little bit of the short game. Like when you don't play for however many months you're playing, oh, yeah. you're playing hockey, you lose kind of the feel and the touch around the green. So that that's been pretty aggravating, but I'm slowly getting back to it. Um, but yeah, no, it's frustrating We see that sure. with
1: Riggs. Riggs is, so Riggs lives out in Arizona, yeah. plays every single day, and then when we play with him when we go on these trips, his short game is insane. insane. And that's just from the reps every single day. Oh, if yeah. you don't if you don't play like that, you do oh, lose it you lose like it. pretty fast. I feel like it's
3: the short game you lose. I mean, I could still whatever somewhat hit the ball pretty far off the tee and my irons are pretty good, but it's the short game. Like, the, the toucher on the greens, yeah. you just lose that when you Nightmare. play. Nightmare, and that's the
2: way you score, it too. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. I've lost my short game for the last five years. And <laughs> start putting it on milk cartons. And shit. I just <laughs> cannot find this thing. It's outrageous. I mean, it's I awesome. just played yesterday with a bunch of guys willing to put in this video out of the Barstow Classic, but we had Brady Shea, Brock Nelson, Andersley, and Vinny Letarian on the first hole. Uh, it, was a, it was the first hole, but it was our second, so we started on 18. Yeah. I hit a drive. I pull it right, punch it out into the middle of the fairway. I'm 85 yards out, and I have all these hockey guys around me. They're all fucking chirping me, and they have all these nicknames and all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, 85-yard wedge shot, probably not my strong suit. I go for this shot. I'm trying I swear to fucking God, <laughs> I hit so far into the ground that the divot pushed the ball up, and then on my follow-through, I hit it again. Yeah. Double hit up into the air. It almost went behind me. <laughs> and, and Vinny Latteri just goes, no way. <laughs> He's looking around. He goes, there's no way that just happened. And everyone, like, fell to the floor like there's no way this kid just hit the ball backwards on a 85 yard wedge no shot. way but that's just that i mean yeah when you don't practice i mean this doesn't happen to every well i was gonna say yeah. you've been
1: we've we've had this podcast for like four years now and it's been the thing you not being able to hit wedges the whole time and it just never gets better i think it's it's a mental thing for you and we've talked a lot about that but like i don't know if it's ever going to get better for you unfortunately the
2: problem for me is that we never practice those shots mm-hmm. whenever i golf I golf for a score. Uh-huh. I play. I, I go to the first tee, and I just try and get the ball into the hole at the lowest amount of strokes. Yeah. That is what I do every single time we golf. Yeah. I do not go to short ranges and practice an 85-yard chip shot. Mm. When I have an 85-yard chip shot or like a, or whatever, a wedge shot, I'm not – like that's my first time attempting that since, since the, the last, last time one. I played. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like obviously it's not going to be like up to par of what – like Riggs gets to do when he goes to a range for two and a half hours yeah. a day and gets to oh, fucking yeah. chip these things close to the, oh, to the yeah. pen.
3: No, I know what you mean. For sure. I mean, that's what's, what's nice about, I mean, obviously belonging to like a, like a club or a country club back home is, I mean, I can go to the range for two hours oh. and practice those shots. But, I mean, I still, I still chunk them all the time. <laughs> yeah. um, but, I mean, the course that I play, it's pretty short. So it's, it's a lot of driver wedge, a lot of maybe some low irons here and there. But, um, Yeah. Like you said, dude, it's there's nothing more frustrating than hitting an unbelievable drive and then chunking yeah. your wedge from 85 yards out. Is you there?
1: actually get mad at good drives that you hit, Frankie, because they sometimes end up putting you in a place where you have to hit like a 90 oh. yard wedge shot. Where you're like, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take three wood. Like I don't want to hit it that far because yeah. you yeah, hit the like ball pretty a, yeah, you far. You have
2: like a 410 par four. All of a sudden, you're like. 90 yards out it's and you're just like right in the middle of the fairway. Right the like, of the why, fairway. why am I here right now? <laughs> yeah. I should have just hit a hybrid off the tee so I can take a full nine iron yeah, or an oh, eight yeah. iron. Oh, Instead, you. I have a little check down 56 degree Because nightmare. You
3: think just because you're in the middle of the fairway, 85 yards out, you should put it no. right next to the hole. It's, just, <sighs> it's actually so much more intimidating happened.
2: hitting from that spot as oh. opposed to like being under. Maybe you're like in the high rough, but like or you have a little bit of grass to get underneath. Like I'm so much more comfortable in that position than I am off a tight lie yeah, from like exactly. 75 oh, yards yeah, out.
3: Too. I'm, I'm with you 100%.
0: All right, gents, what am I holding up right here in front of your faces?
3: Barcel golf hat. Fantastic
0: one at that. Yeah, these will be available pretty soon. But we got a ton of merchandise in our store that, you know, people like. They enjoy. They bring it to tournaments that we put on. They bring it and wear it to golf tournaments, bars, whatever, because merchandise is cool. We kind of live for gear. Live, especially in the golf world, for cool, you know, merchandise, items, hats, shirts, polos, whatever that you can wear. Sezzle is a buy now, pay later solution that allows you to get what you want today while paying for it over time in four interest-free payments over six weeks. Sezzle is now available at the Barstool Sports Store and more than 34,000 exciting stores in the USA and in Canada, there's no hidden fees, no credit check. If you pay on time, with zero impact to your credit score. Sazul is easy to use, uh, offering instant approval decisions with no long forms to fill out. You just sign up and get an instant approval decision. Um, so if you're out there, like, hey, I would love this, you know, piece, uh, this merch, this Peter Millar shirt, this Roback shirt, this hat, this cool tea bag, this, um, you know, Macanudo cigar case but I haven't got my paycheck yet, or you know, I got an up-and-color wedding, I don't have this money right now. Guess what? Sezzle is your answer. You go to the Barcelona Sports Store, shop now, pay later with Sezzle. Um, They're awesome. It's a no-brainer. It's going to help you out. It's going to make things easier for you. Again, it's for interest interest-free payments over six weeks, and you can just acquire whatever you would like right now. It is buy now, pay later with Sezzle.
2: Is there any part of your golf game that's a little flashy cuz I know on, on the on the rink and on the ice you you got the hands you like to try crazy different things like yeah. to score goals like do
3: you see that leaking into your golf game at all uh, I try to but it it's it's not as <laughs> it's not as seamless as you think like you go for the high 60 like right over the bunker and it just doesn't work out the way you, you picture it in your head um but I don't know I mean I play I play a nice little draw off the, off the tee yeah um but it's just not it's just not as easy as as it seems in your head, like, it's just, I don't know. I kind of
1: like that you're clearly frustrated
3: that you can't flash up the golf game. No, you can't, yeah. because <laughs> yeah, like it, when it's meat and potatoes, you shoot you shoot way lower. Right, 100%. Oh, yeah. I agree.
2: Well, the reason I bring that up is because Vinny's telling me, uh, when you guys were in San Diego, um, he said, first of all, he goes, the game is just too easy for this guy. Best hands he's ever seen. And he goes... There was a game, you can't remember who you guys were playing against, but you looked at him and you go, Vin, I'm gonna go out there and do something absolutely <laughs> insane right now. And you went out there and you said you did this like reverse toe drag flip up and the goalie fell on his back and you just came back and like gave him like a head nod. That's and he's so like, This funny. guy is so flashy and he's so good on the ice, so it is funny to see that like you're like struggling to try and bring that into the golf. It's game. funny you
3: say that, because Vinny, me and Vinny obviously <laughs> played together in San Diego yeah. and a little bit in Anaheim. Um, But Vinny was, like, the perfect guy I could play with because he is, like, so focused on, like, playing the game the right way and, like, bearing down on everything where I'm just the complete opposite, where I just want to, like, try crazy stuff and flip it over. So if I do something crazy and it doesn't work, he, like, immediately would yell at me and be like, all right, we're back to playing now, like, none of that or whatever. Um, but that's funny because he actually had a, I think he had a pretty pretty fat flashy pass to me on that on the one he's talking. He says about. he goes when
2: I'm playing with this guy, I feel like a shooting guard just standing in the corner watching this guy do something. And Then when it doesn't work, it's like now oh, I got to go in there and help him. <laughs> it's so frustrating, but also the funniest thing, that's and so, so much fun to play with you. So yeah, that no, is funny, man. Awesome, so yeah. so any um, plans for golf before the season goes uh, yeah. comes so back? On, or? on
3: Sunday, I'm going to Fisher's Island. No way. Fishers Island, yeah. How are you with, getting out there? So my dad knows, like, it's, it's private, obviously. So yeah, I, yeah. There's, he knows two people that belong there. So we're doing a little foursome on Sunday. I take the ferry out, have some lunch. Oh, like, oh dude, that's going to no be a great day. Me. Yeah, I was like, awesome. I was
2: like, I'm down. So, like, when you're playing an all-time course like that, are you, like, scouting it out online? Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, you're, like, oh, looking yeah. at all the holes? Oh, yeah.
3: Well, that's, I've had that circle on my calendar since last year. Um, I had something going on with my shoulder, so I wasn't able to play. But um, then, obviously, with COVID, yeah, you know, place was shut down. But uh, no, I've been I've been looking forward to playing in this place for a while. But the problem is with playing all these like cool courses. I mean, around here, there's like Wingfoot, like all these yeah, great spots. A ton. Obviously, belonging to like you, you get you get done from working out and skating, and you're just like just gonna go play like play yeah. my home course, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like everyone's like, oh, you live in New York, but like you haven't played Wingfoot, you haven't played all these courses, and I'm like. It's not as easy as you, think. Yeah. Yeah. No. you can't just pop over and play no. wing foot, like, no. casually, no. you know what no. I mean? No. Um, so, I don't know, I'm pretty excited. About yeah, playing. that's going to be but awesome. Also, yeah. What's
1: your favorite course that you've played, you know, ever, I guess?
3: Ever. I mean, playing. we played Pelican Hill, played with Vinny. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's two courses. One's kind of on the water and one's kind of up on the hill above the water. Um, so playing that one, with, played with Vinny and a couple other teammates, that one was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'd probably say... I'd probably say Pelican, honestly.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. not a bad option. No, it's not bad. It is funny, like, when some people, like, when when you're playing, like, a bucket list course, like, there, I know Riggs is one way where he wa- he wants to experience the course for the first time with his own eyes. Yeah. Won't look at the scorecard. That's won't so look funny. it up online. But me, I'm total opposite. Oh, I want to yeah. see drone shots. You're looking at yeah. flyovers on YouTube. Flyovers. Oh, I'm looking yeah. at every single piece of the scorecard that I could possibly look at because I want to know, like, all right, like, I. Like wh- how cool is it to like when you played like the old Tiger Woods games or something like when we went out to Pebble Beach, yeah, and you're on seven and you're like, I used to play this in video games. It's like I've played this and course, and course 150 just, times. Now we're just here. Like there yeah. is no better like version of playing the game of golf than uh, doing that.
3: No, yeah, I'm I'm with you. And then there's so many great courses out in California, and hopefully I get to play some more as we we go. Gosh, over here. you got all of them. All out of there. them. Yeah. So I mean, I gotta. Hopefully, I got a lot of good courses in front of me. But uh, yeah, I'd probably. Probably have to agree with you. I definitely like to get a nice little pre-scout. Yeah. I'm not walking in blind and shooting 100 out of nowhere, you know? Do you get nervous
2: on, on like, when you're Oh, yeah.
3: Well, I played played in the member guest the other week at my club. I was a late fill-in, and I'm, like, standing over a (laughs) six-footer playing, like, two, like, 45-year-olds, and I'm, like, sweating. I'm, like, this is nuts. Uh, But that's probably my favorite part is, I mean, I don't really get, like – too nervous like yeah. doing anything else I guess um, but like you stand over a four footer and you're like yeah. I'm sweating here yeah. right? so
2: that's probably why well we talked to a lot of it's athletes on by. this pod about like like um, you could be like in the ninth inning of a World Series game pitching and you're not nervous for like a, for a closing pitcher. Yeah. But then you step up to the first tee at a member oh. guest, and you're shaking. But I guess it's just because, like, you're just so confident in your hockey game, yeah. and it's something that, like, you know exactly. that you're not even thinking about. Yeah. But, like, I mean, no one cares about how you swing at that member guest, but I you're know. still nervous, So right? nervous, like,
3: yeah. And, and that's why it's so much fun, like, to kind of get that, like, competitive juice flowing, I guess, in the off season, It's awesome. I mean... I don't know. It's not. It's not great. shanking one off the first tee. I no. guess, but it's. No. I mean, I'd still do it every time. You know? <laughs> it's so much fun. Do so you
2: haven't played in like um like one of these big like like um like a pro am events yet? No, I haven't. That's gonna be in your yeah. future. You well, know, the that, one right? I
3: saw the one. Uh, what, what was the one they did? Uh, Lake Tahoe. Yeah. That yeah. that one looks like a blast. So hopefully, maybe one day. Oh should, no! You'll be in some pro, in pro then. In you'll, yeah. you'll be in some It looked pro-am. so much fun. I mean, the guy in the the playoff hole. You see, yes. he hit like two in the water <laughs> and <he> shanked <laughs> one. And you're just like, this guy's unbelievable, but he can do that in a playoff yeah. hole. So that's right. I thought that was pretty. Yeah,
1: funny. I think you got a lot of problems. Yeah, future. and you're gonna have sure.
3: to That'll get that. You're gonna have to get
2: the nerves out because yeah. on that first tee, there's gonna be fans on the left and the right, and you're gonna take people
0: out if you're well, not.
3: Well, what was the hole? The 17 on the par yes, three. The par three. Oh yeah. my god! So bad. So bad. I would. I would. I would. I think I would freaking
2: pelt yeah. somebody with my <laughs> ball. But, uh. Oh, man. All right, so Fishers is Island, man, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, when do you go back out to uh, California? When does the season, like, really start up for so you? So I think
3: training camp's on the 22nd, so maybe head out there. Uh, in, uh, of August? Yeah, maybe. No, of September. Oh, so, September. So maybe head out there, at, like, end of August, early September. I don't know, maybe meet up with a couple of guys, play some golf. But
2: So are you living with any of the guys? Um, like, yeah, have, like, I live a... with Drysdale. So oh, nice.
3: probably work on something for next year with, with me and him. Yeah. Um, He's not the best golfer, but he's trying. Yeah, right. We got up some clubs this summer, so Oh, so he's brand new. Brand it's funny, like I feel like all hockey players they can hit it so far, but it's the same with him. Like he pounds it off the tape. but yeah. like, you give him a wedge, it's like a instrument. Like he's yeah. got no chance. So <laughs> the weird
2: thing with fucking hockey players is that they'll sometimes shoot lefty and they play golf righty. Yeah. Like Anders Lee was playing yeah. righty yesterday and like Brady Shea, I'm pretty sure Brady Shea's a lefty hockey player.
3: Yeah, he is. He's he a lefty. Playing, he yeah. pounds the ball right. Like, I don't. I don't understand stick that. Yeah, I'm a lefty. I'm a lefty golfer. Lefty, lefty. Yeah. Yeah. yeah lefty I don't understand
2: that. Really. That one really took me for a loop. I'm watching these guys. I'm looking at Brady. Like this guy's about to go like one under today on the golf course. <laughs> and he, like he plays a sport this way. Like yeah, like, I don't know how every, that. he looks down at the puck this way, and all of a sudden you're looking down at the golf ball this way. Yeah. That's
3: gotta fuck you up.
1: That's for athletes. A, they're just they got too much talent. Pro pro how
3: about tonight. my my buddy uh, Clayton Keller, who is. Unbelievable at golf. He plays in Arizona and whatever. He trained in Prentice for a couple summers, so I had him out to the to my uh to my course or whatever. So he's a lefty hockey player, plays golf ready, but putts lefty. Nightmare. Nightmare. That guy's but, brain's all over the place. <laughs> but he is unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. I mean, just attacking every pin from everywhere. I was yeah. like, Jesus, I think mean, he beat me on the front nine ways I was like, Oh my god. Is he the
2: best guy that is in your inner circle? Yeah, at, he's probably the best
3: Yeah, he's probably the best golfer I played with it. That's obviously plays hockey. Yeah,
1: um, I mean it is crazy. But you're so you're a lefty golfer. But you've experimented with putting righty because well, see,
3: like that's a little bit like like
2: Brock Nelson plays lefty. Yeah, Hawk uh, ho- shoots lefty in hockey, and he puts righty with a lefty grip. Like that's something I think you could do. Okay, like crosshand or crosshand. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think cross-hand. a lot of guys
3: do crosshand. Yeah,
2: but the swinging, like the full swing, True. you're essentially like a switch hitting baseball player at yeah. that point. You're I don't doing know how two. That's possible. No, yeah. crazy, crazy man, crazy. Um, well, hey, I mean. What do you what are you doing in like New York City like right now like just checking out like the city like yeah I mean I, I only live, to...
3: I live a train I mean it's like a thirty forty minute train ride for oh. me. so I live in pretty much like Greenwich Connecticut like Bedford New York area oh, okay. like, right on that oh so right that was easier yeah do it's, no just hop right on the train it's like an hour
2: so in here just see like the Barstow office today yeah exactly check it checking it out yes. Yeah, so you've been sure. a big Barstow fan for a while oh
3: yeah I remember I remember reading Barstow when it came out when it was like a blog you oh, know? yeah You'd go on like the internet and like look at it like. Hilarious, but because you went to school in Boston, yeah. I went to BU and it was yeah. huge there. Huge, huge. Yeah. Now, all my buddies are Barstool athletes. I don't even know if that's in fact, that, is that approved by the <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. I think we way. just say <laughs> yes, and it is. I don't know the I ins and outs of in it.
2: Instagram, and like if you look at how many posts we have, that's how many athletes we have. it's crazy. And there's like, I think there's like 2,500
3: athletes. It
1: really picked up steam really
2: fast. <laughs>
3: Everybody it's, wants to be a Barstool athlete, which right. I think is awesome. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it,
2: so it was probably I mean it was like couldn't have been bigger probably at BU because no, that's it, just like the center of it. That's center. ground zero of yeah, Barstool with, sports. With with
3: the Patriots and all of them, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Just big, 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 big Barstool. Did you too. get a chance to see Dave walking around here? Today I or no? so me and my brother were in the lobby and my brother's a huge Portnoy fan, big Barstool yeah. guy. He's actually here with me. And I was looking at my phone like or something. He's like, Dude, Dave just walked by and I was like I was like, Dude, go <laughs> say hi to him. Like, what do you mean? He was like, No way. So it's pretty funny. <laughs> you guys got anything planned for the night or Nah, I'll probably just chilling. Head back. Yeah, I'll probably chilling cool. back. Yeah.
2: All right, man. Well, thanks for stopping in. Dude. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool to get to know you yeah. and talk to you. And hopefully, we can get on the course one of these days. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a blast. Yeah, maybe. let's maybe. do we it. Maybe we got some golf with yeah. uh, with Barstow Sports in the future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a little hint somewhere. So. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Um, well, Trevor, thanks again. And yeah. uh, thanks for everything. And good luck. Of course. Thank Appreciate you. it, man. Yeah, it was a blast. Appreciate yeah. it, guys. Wait, so we were just about to leave. And we're, I mean, if we want to talk a little bit of Islanders and Borelli's, I mean, unbelievable I loved it so you watched you saw like the reactions at the restaurant you saw the stream
3: we need more of that from like every
2: team (laughs) it was incredible thank you man I appreciate that you know it's
3: (laughs) so much more fun when like everybody's into it you know what I mean oh my
2: gosh dude and for me like I don't know like I always find it weird for you guys because you probably knew that you were on this path to being a pro hockey player. So I don't know if you have the same fandom of a team as oh, yeah. like do, Oh yeah. Yeah? Oh yeah. A oh, big Ranger fan growing really? up. Really? Yeah. Oh Jesus. Uh-oh. Yeah. Alright, actually turn that off. <laughs> yeah. But like for me it's like if I'm not gonna be the pro athlete, I'm not gonna be a part of the team, what as a fan, what bigger and uh, or better scenario is it for me to be able to like rally together my Sick. like the fan base that I love yeah. all in like my family's restaurant and go crazy about my favorite hockey team? Sick. It was like the ultimate fan experience. Oh yeah, too. It dude, it was unbelievable. Game like game six against the Lightning. Oh, I'm sorry, imagine. game
3: uh, when did the guy score in overtime? Yeah, but yeah. we
2: were at the Coliseum for that one. But like, I'm trying to think of like when. Even in the Bruins ser- uh, series, when we would win a game, it felt like we were at the game. I know. It's like Being home... In a restaurant, it was the coolest thing of all time. So
1: well, then you had Barry Trotz give you a shout out. Give well, Barellis a, a that shout. It was a crazy,
2: yeah, that's of crazy. All time. Yeah, like that's after so Game Six against the Bruins, he goes, uh, "Shout out to all the guys at Barellis." No way, nuts over there that's at the crazy. podium. He no says, just After a fucking playoff.
3: That's run. crazy. Well, I yeah. just remember obviously the Rangers when I was growing up. They were they were really good. And a lot of yeah. they made a lot of good playoff runs. So um, yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. But I don't know why why was everybody throwing. Beer cans on the ice. I, it was just. I
2: think it was a madhouse. It was a madhouse, and it just <laughs> like did somebody
3: throw it? Like did somebody start it? And then you never got a chance to play there, right? You no, never played the Coliseum. No, you play the Coliseum. Fuck, that's such a mess, man. But it's funny. Like I remember. So when I was 10 12 years old, Doug Waite was the coach, there yes. and I'm really good buddies with Danny, Danny Waite, obviously his right, yeah. son. So I remember going to the Coliseum, and it's I couldn't oh, believe so I couldn't there. believe it was the same place. Like awesome. all these years now yeah. whatever. Um, so, well, I remember... back then, we, there was probably 10, 10 oh, people there. Oh, yeah. It was <laughs> greasy. The
2: Doug Waite uh, Islanders era was not the greatest No, uh, but it was
3: awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was such a blast, so... But, but uh,
2: uh, yeah, no, the, you know, we're going to miss it. And I really think that the, the, um, the, the beers coming on the ice was just like a... Like if this is the last game here ever, because it ended up being like, like let's just fucking tear this place to the ground.
3: Okay. People are just and the tossing guy, the beers. The guy after he scored was like hiding in the tunnel. he's like, yeah. I, he's like I don't want to get hit by a beer. can. Yeah, I it was awesome. <laughs> the so. best
2: quote was Bavillier, who scored the goal. He goes, um, "Usually the bench smells like cigarettes, and now <laughs> it smells like beer because they say that where the, there was a there's a little standing area outside yeah. the Coliseum and. Yeah. This is the smoking area. And yeah. they put the smoking area right next to the ventilate, the ventilation system that would actually feed the air down towards the bench. So Jeez. all these guys would get in after the uh, – once the period started, they'd sit down on the bench and it would just smell like cigarette smoke at the Coliseum. Yeah. Crazy. Just, <laughs> just Crazy. Neanderthal-type shit. It's so funny. I fucking yeah. missed that place already. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, now we are officially <laughs> done. Thanks <laughs> Thanks for bringing up Aurelius and the island. Of course, yeah. Um, yeah, best of luck, man. Thanks Thank again. you. Appreciate
3: yep. it. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no, just Of course. Great. Of course. Yeah, of course. Man. Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, in, man. This was great. Dude, by the way, I'm a huge Bachelorette fan. I mean, you get sit down? Sit down now. Sit
2: down now. Are you really? Every time we stop the podcast, this guy. Are you really? Once I, I, I mean, say thank you, Trevor, he
3: goes. <laughs> I gotta say one more thing. I, I, just goes, I a fucking love note. the Burrellian. i mean, a huge. I, I think the first, so we would watch it, or whatever. So it's actually pretty fun. So Bachelorette, B, he's talking at about. at BU. Yeah. At BU, yeah. We would do like Bachelorette watch parties? Yes. So like the entire team would go to somebody's room and we'd throw it on. Yes I think the first I don't remember which one we watched It was uh, It was It was a guy who Okay was a bachelor Yeah um, It was the one Gotta give me some bachelors uh, Ben
1: Higgins No No uh, Matt James
3: It was the He was the pilot Pilot Pete Yeah <laughs> No, it was one before him.
1: Oh man, who was before Pilot Pete? Trying to think back. No, maybe it
3: was Pilot Pete. I don't know, but whatever it was, we love that
1: show. So you are you watching this season?
3: I didn't watch this season. Okay, I watched the last one. What what was the one last? Uh, Matt James,
1: and then there was Taysha and Claire.
3: Yeah, that's the one I watched. Okay. That was the latest one I've seen. You're telling me the hockey team at BU
2: would sit around and have bachelor and bachelorette watch parties? Oh yeah. What is that? What are we talking
3: about here? Oh yeah, dude, dude it's, we loved it. We love it. it it's so such awesome. a good show. It's so good. So you guys would go crazy when there would be drama? Crazy. <laughs> I was. I thought it was. We just think it's so entertaining. Yeah. Like, it's
1: so entertaining. Like this is the thing. This is what people don't get. It sounds like you do get it. Where you don't have to watch it because you want someone to fall in love, or yeah. it's like you like you're a you think like oh they have to get married at the end. That's what it's all about. No, it's about trashy reality TV and getting enjoyment out of it.
3: No, we 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 eat that stuff up. But I, I was, was actually
1: it. on Pilot Pete's season. If that's the last one you saw,
3: that yeah, was oh the oh luggage yeah, no, guy. Oh, the luggage, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, the lo- yeah, the luggage, yeah, yeah. No, of course, <laughs> that's that's too funny. So this is
1: great. This is yeah. a great way to end it.
3: <laughs> we don't know yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, like unless he brings up something else that we like.
2: Don't. St- we're gonna <laughs> say this thing's over. Exactly. The podcast is over. We're gonna now dab him up for the third time <laughs> in the show. So I don't even know because you. So behind the scenes here, Jake has has hit end record twice now. Yeah, I've had and one then. Finger and now and then we've we've had to restart because every time we say body, you, you bring up something that we want to talk about it's such a good way to do the podcast <laughs> that's too funny oh yeah alright well Trevor thank you so much for joining the show yeah best of luck with everything thank you appreciate we will see it. you soon awesome All
3: right.